As you prepare for retirement, you'll be faced with many important choices. We want you to make the right ones. Welcome to Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott. Charles is an accredited investment fiduciary. He's well-equipped to help you make sound financial decisions. We want you to experience a meaningful retirement. On our podcast, we believe financial choices matter. Hey everybody, welcome into the, well, 2020 edition. We are into 2020 now on uh, Financial Choices Matter. That just sounds weird. So Charles, how are you, bud? I am great. I think this whole it's 2020 already is, I don't know if I've said this to you before, Mark, it's the toilet paper roll effect. The fast, uh, the closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you haven't, but that's really good. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I like <laughs> that's what that. it seems like to me. Yeah. No, it does. That's for sure. And it's, it's weird to say 2020. It's weird to write 2020. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, and I was thinking, you know, well, it's just a new year, but it's actually a new decade. So yeah. that's a whole, you know, so I just, that oh, kind of dawned yeah. on me. Yeah. So I was like, wow. Um, I don't know what we're going to do with these things. We're going to call, you know, we already had the roaring twenties and there's still quite a bit of, you know, information about the roaring twenties, uh, from now a hundred years ago. So I'd be curious to see what these wind up being called. Uh, who knows the, the, soar, the soaring twenties, the chaotic twenties is probably, yeah, that could be, <laughs> well, let me just, let's get into our news and let's get this podcast rolling. H- happy new year to you and all that good stuff and all of our listeners as well. So hopefully you had a, a fantastic holiday season and, um, what's the Rand Paul bill? What's going on here? <laughs> this is, oh my God, this, uh, I, I can't, He's at I a loss for words. Start. Obviously that's right. The, the whole idea of this was let's take money out of your retirement plan so you can pay back your student loans and it not, and not, and not have to pay tax on the dollars that come out. And if you're not 59 and a half, not to pay a pre, you know, pre 59 and a half penalty for a withdrawal. This is the stupidest freaking thing I've ever heard. Let's rob from your retirement account to pay off a debt that you should have known you were getting into in the first place when you took out a student loan. It's a loan. You got to pay it back. Right. This makes me crazy. I am telling you, the the government is going to, they see your retirement account, your, your IRIS, if it's got any money in it, your 401ks, your 403bs, if you work for the federal government, your thrift savings plan, they see it as a giant piggy bank and they're going to come after it. Trust me, they're going to do it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of indicators seem to point that way, and it gets a little nerve wracking for you know for retirees that are there. It may not be as scary as you know folks that are in their fifties, you know, as they're trying to work through this stuff. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, the student loan thing is a big deal, and I totally get it. Mm-hmm. But our our both sure. our kids had student loans at college. Right. They've paid them off. It was a plan. We knew what we were doing. Yep. That's maybe not fair because you know, as a financial planner, I'm supposed to know. But right. they totally got it. They took responsibility. That was the whole deal. This kind of stuff makes me nuts. It just absolutely makes. Well, me there's nuts. a key phrase you had in there. They took responsibility, and unfortunately, yeah. we have a large amount of our population are that doesn't do that. Not only in government but you know just you know regular society as well so oh that's the saddest part of all yes we did we did a lot of college planning financial planning with folks a couple three four years ago Mm -hmm. and found that not only were the students totally unprepared so were the parents yeah oh yeah Uh, the, the 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 statistics that we came up with after coaching talking with helping advising several hundred families was 
maybe one percent of the people got it and the yeah. rest never did they just didn't I, I agree with you i tell you my wife is actually going back to school to get her master's uh you know obviously for her career while she's working they want her right. to go ahead and finish that up and uh, so she's having to take some of the different things in and uh, so she's doing of course online because she does a full-time job but she's like some of the stuff the teachers are even uh the way they're giving feedback she's like it doesn't make any sense she's like it's like no one has any actual real world experience whatsoever at least so far the what she's been dealing with and she's like i don't understand how they're properly educating people because she's like these kids all seem like they're lost and the teacher seems like they're lost uh so it's definitely an interesting dynamic out there for sure yeah all yeah uh, and when it comes to you know let's just you got all this money in your retirement account so let's just use it now and you know forget about the future that's uh it's uh, just <laughs> which be which careful is crazy for cripe's sake yeah you know, if you ever thought the government didn't have a hand in your in your pocket, then yeah. you're not paying attention. Well, and that seems crazy, too, because, you know, everything we hear is it's like, you know, we have to plan for the future. We have to save the planet. We have to do things for next generations. And it's like, well, OK, yeah. uh, but you can also just, you know, rob everything from the current generations as well. So it's a nope. we're in a nope. weird, we're in a weird pickle, man. I. Yeah, tis a dilemma, and I don't have an answer other than just <laughs> figure out how you're supposed to do this. Call yeah. me for Pete's sake. We can help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, tis a pickle. I like that. That's for sure. Well, of course, you need to help. Reach out to Charles at 480-513-1830. That's his number. You can give him a jingle, 480-513-1830. And you can also find him online at pelotoncapital.com. That is PelotonCapital.com. Now, I, I, we're going to get into the show, I promise, but I got to ask you this, Charles, because of the name of the Have you seen the funny drama around the Peloton bike commercial? I, I know there is something going on and I've paid absolutely no attention. It's so to it, to silly honest. to me. Like people got so upset. Like the commercial feels dark and dystopian and uh, it almost seems like she's a hostage in her own home. And it's like, what? It just looks like a video where a husband gives a wife the bike for Christmas and she decides to basically vlog about it for, you know, over the course you see the seasons change in the background. Yeah. yeah so over the course yeah. of the year, she's, you know, exercising. She's not like she's overweight or anything. So I don't really get it. Like it just, to me, it's like, wow, could we do we have too much time on our hands or what? <laughs> and of course, people uh, no, are, let's, let's find something that's got absolutely nothing wrong with it and make something wrong. With exactly. It. And of course, I'm, I think the company's probably happy because they're getting talked oh. about. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Ink is ink from an advertising. Exactly. Point. You, you so get, you get a mention. I don't you know, most people would always say it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. At least they're talking about. You. Yeah, true. So if you get a random email from somebody saying your bike commercials <laughs> weird, that might be why. But just yeah, a, well, I don't know. Who well, knows? Not but anyway, yet. Not happened. yet. That's right. That's right. All I right. Spell, I, we spell it different. You do. Purpose. That's true. You do spell it different. So there you go. All right. Well, let's get into our topic, which is financial traits that advisors uh, must have. Or at least they should anyway. Uh, trustworthy, likable, problem solving, good listener. Sounds like you actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that should be at least your that should be your financial advisor or your potential one potentially. So uh, on today's show, let's talk about why it's important for your advisor to embrace these kinds of characteristics. Uh, but we'll also have a few other things in here as well. So trust. How do you decide? So that's a big question, right? When people go to talk with people, how do you decide if someone's trustworthy? Is it just simply a gut feeling? I think for a lot of us, it can be. I think for most people, it should be. In our experience, I will tell you this. If, if you're sitting here with a husband and a wife, the wife has way more intuition than the husband does. Well, uh, I think we all get I think we'd all she, agree to that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and I think you go with that. Is this somebody that you like? Is this somebody that you think would be 
you know, would certainly you have to figure out, do they have your best interest at heart? Because that's what they're supposed to do. If they're going to be a fiduciary, which right, we are, right. you know, they have to be able to do that. But you also have to enjoy the conversation with them. And this is, you know, we got a couple of other traits here that will will spin back on on this whole idea. But I think it's I think you can go with your gut feel. Does this person look like they know what they're talking about? Do they look you in the eye? And again, other traits will will hit here all roll into the whole idea of unless there's something, if your initial intuition is, I think this would be a good thing, right. then I think you need to spend the time and say, okay, now yeah. is there something that is going to happen in the, as we have this ongoing conversation that's going to change my mind? Otherwise, I'm pretty good with this to begin with. We yeah. do the same thing. We do the same thing across the table back to the client. First of all, can we help them? Do we like them? Is this somebody that we want to work with? So we're sort of you know interviewing them at the same time, not just to see, can we help? But do we want to work with them? Sure. I mean, I think no, that's a good way to go. I mean, both yeah. parties, both parties want to have a mutual thing that's working there. Uh, I, you know, I like to call it the warm fuzzies. Whenever you do anything, do you, does that, do you get the warm fuzzies? He's like, okay, this feels pretty good. You know, yeah. cause usually if you can, you can get some signs or some uh, feelings or hairs on the back of your neck or whatever, then, then, you know, you should <laughs> listen to that. Uh, yeah. And then likability, I think, rolls right into that. So, like, okay, yeah. maybe you say, yes, this person's clearly got great credentials and reputation and um, trustworthy, but do I even like them, you know? Well, and you're going to, yeah, you're going to talk about serious stuff. Sure. And I think that it needs to, it can be fun. It can be very, it should be very engaging. And if it's not that, if it's just dry and factual and there's no personality in some of this, I would probably go find somebody that might be a better fit. No, I mean, to be fair, maybe that works for you because maybe you're dry and <laughs> no fun. Well, no, no, that's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I guess there's a couple of ways of looking at that, right? So you could certainly say, hey, does this their personality match my personality? Because, yeah, they could yeah. be a total fun goofball and you could be super, super serious and you just don't yeah. like that or vice versa. So, Well, no, and if, if that were us and we were talking to somebody, whichever one of us had that role, we would probably say, ah, you know, I think we've got a personality non-match here. So let's not make this more complicated than it has to be. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Uh, area of expertise. I mentioned that before. So this is yeah. a, obviously an important one. There's the accumulation type of phase, which is a whole lot easier and different than, than doing the preservation <laughs> and distribution. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the, people don't think about this most of the time. I mean, it's a term that's becoming more and more prevalent in the conversations that those of us in the business have. But most advisors and brokers and planners are really good at accumulation, and that's what they're supposed to be. Not as many are really good at decumulation or taking dollars out, and even fewer are good at doing it on a really tax-efficient basis. And I think those are things that you need to be looking for when you're having this conversation with folks is are, you know, Almost anybody can create a pretty decent portfolio and it's going to grow or given enough time and enough money in it. Okay. Now, what do you do when you want to take it out? How do you make sure that work that lasts that if you can create guaranteed lifetime income, all those kinds of things. And can I do it in the most tax efficient, tax sheltered, if you will, way possible. And it takes some planning and it's kind of a different skill set. Yeah. So you have to be careful. <laughs> when you said, uh, you said advisors and agents and brokers, I wanted to go, Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yes. <laughs> so, all right. Listening ability. Now this is a classic and this is a good one. And it, I don't know if your mom or dad did this with you, but mine did. It's like, you know, you have two ears and one mouth. That means you're supposed to, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's proportionate. Yeah. You're supposed to listen more, talk less. Yeah, exactly. I should be asking you if you're sitting down with us for the first time, lots of questions. 
I'm probably going to have more questions than you have. And that's what I should be doing is asking you questions so that I get a feel for who you really are, what you're really after, what are your goals, what are your aspirations, what are the things that are a priority to you. And then I need to explain them in simple terms, not industry jargon. And I think that's critical that I'm listening to what you're saying and then I'm paraphrasing it back to you. And when Sherry and I sit in and talk with somebody for the very first time, there's a lot of times she'll just reach over and whack me on the shoulder and say, ah, terminology. Okay. Okay. I'll stop. And I'll, you know, I'll say, okay, yeah, that's, it slips in periodically, but that's something that you have to do, but I've got to be paying attention to what they're, how they're answering the questions and how they're positioning themselves so that I can make sure that we understand what they want, because we'll, we'll pair it back to them. You know, this is what I hear you saying. Is that what you really mean? Yeah. Okay. Well, so. and you know, and terminology has its place. Absolutely. But yeah, you can definitely, sure. it can be a situation where it starts to happen too much. And, and the average person who's coming in looking for help, we're going to know some of these terms, but we're also going to yeah. kind of start to at some point feel as though uh, either we're being talked down to or talking over our head, one of the two. And that can right. you know, kind of put you off a little bit too. So, right. Exactly. So that's food for thought as well. All right. So let's see what else have we got here on our list. We have covered a couple of good ones here when it comes to different kind of financial traits. You kind of touched on this and I think ultimately at the end of the day, and this is probably why you're in this industry and why you do what you do anyway, is because it's about problem solving. And so you want to find someone who's a good problem finder, problem solver, however you want to word that. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's interesting too, because what you get is they see themselves and their problems. Sure. We see lots of people and a lot of other problems. And so we can potentially move the conversation in a direction that they maybe never thought about and it will actually help them figure out, oh, this is something I really hadn't thought about in that context. So I get it. I can see where this would make a difference for us. And, you know, that's again coming back to listening and just kind of knowing where you want to take most people because there's a theme involved when you're doing really comprehensive planning that's going to take most people in in a similar directions, but they're going to have different priorities. So you have to put all that in the context of how do you come up with something that's going to work for them, which is going to be a little different from somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully this makes sense to you folks. We're talking about some characteristics that your advisor should have and hopefully that you want them to have. So when you're maybe interviewing someone or talking with them, go through these things on your own kind of, you can check back and, and replay the podcast, but you know, do you trust them? Are they likable? Uh, is the area of expertise right for you? Uh, and then of course, how is their listening ability and problem solving? Because that's really going to be a big factor when it comes down to getting your plan together. And of course, if you want to come in and talk with Charles, you can, as I mentioned before, give him a call at 480-513-1830. That's 480-513-1830. Or you can go to the website, pelotoncapital.com. That is pelotoncapital.com, spelled (laughs) P-E-L-L-E-T-O-N, capital.com. You can also send us email questions to the program, and we ask them from time to time, and we have one this week. It's from Norm. I feel like I always should we should collectively charles yeah. you know go norm, norm. yeah exactly yeah. Uh, norman phoenix he says how much risk is appropriate to take with my investments now that i am into retirement it's a good question and we hear it a lot and i'm going to give you my part one is the standard response and as norm i don't know enough about you to have an answer for you but two it's how much risk do you need to take because how much is it going to cost you to live how much Do you have in the way of guaranteed lifetime income that's going to pay for that? How do you have assets that you can reasonably withdraw without it being necessarily guaranteed? It's when you have that, 
don't take more risk than you need to to get you to where you want to go. I yeah. mean, why go why go way off the risk spectrum when you don't have to? But if you don't identify how much does it cost you all to live? How much do I have coming in from whether it's a pension or Social Security or you know whatever part time work and a four hundred one k an IRA whatever it happens to be, add it all up and we'll figure it out and just see if I can put you in something that has absolutely or virtually no risk or very minimal, minimal risk, but it still is going to get you where you want to go over what would be a reasonable assumption of the rest of your life. That's all you have to do. Don't make it more complicated. Don't certainly make it more risky. If you don't have enough put away already, then you have to move out on the, you know, the, the risk spectrum and maybe take a little more risk, but you can still take prudent risk and not just be silly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I like how you put that, too, is that, you know, he says, how much is appropriate? You said, well, how much do you need to take? I like that, you know, kind of saying yeah. appropriate is really subjective. What's it going to take for you to cover or accomplish the things you got to accomplish? So, I mean, you could exactly. you could simply say, Norm, go with the rule of 100 and give you an initial guideline. And, then, you know, if you're 70 and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So if you're 70, then you should have no more than 30 percent, you know, in risk. I know. And that's all old guidelines, rule. right? But which old, norm? Old, can, old rule of thumb, right? Old right. Rule if, of he, thumb. if he's just looking at, at a way to get a general time or yeah. frame, then there you go. Then start to kind of pare that down when you're working with your advisor, or whatever the case is. But yeah, yep. lots of things. Exactly. Each person's totally different. So give him a call, reach out, and talk to Charles, and uh, and you know. Maybe you can wear milk bone underwear when you come in because that was the line from Cheers. <laughs> they say, Norm, how's it going? He says, it's a doggy dog world and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. So there you go. There Classic you go. Cheers line. That was a great totally. show. Totally. Love that show. Anyway, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week here on the program. Thanks for listening to Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott. As always, Charles, my friend, thank you for being here. We are going to be, you're going to see these uh, probably about once a month for a little while here. So we're going to do our podcast uh, usually probably somewhere at the beginning of the month and we'll send these out to you. And if you've got some questions or concerns, you need some help, you don't have to wait for the next one. You can always just reach out at any time. Uh, You can always share this with folks and and, and family and friends who might benefit from hearing uh, the content. And as always, go to the website, Peloton Cap com and check us out there subscribe to us on apple or google or spotify or whatever platform you choose charles is a fiduciary advisor at peloton capital management serving the scottsdale area and charles my friend thank you so much glad you had a happy new year and i will talk to you soon thanks mark appreciate it very much of course we'll see you next time here on financial choices matter Financial planning and investment advisory services are provided by Peloton Capital Management Limited, a state-registered investment advisor. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No one should assume the information presented here serves as a receipt of or substitute for personalized individual advice provided by Peloton Capital Management. For more information, visit www.pelotoncapital.com.